Okay, something's going to happen today that you've probably never seen happen in a sermon. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Um, but that just means you have to pay attention. Um, I guarantee you, you're probably not going to miss it. Uh, but uh, I do want to talk about the, uh, the, the birth of Jesus in a way that, that continues from last week. And we're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 1 today. Uh, but have you ever met somebody that saved you? Maybe it was just like a brief interaction. Maybe you were, you were at the grocery store and you, you, you needed something and you didn't have... You just needed like, like... You're taking a man trip to the grocery store. Man trips to the grocery store are just what you're... For me, this is a Benjamin trip. We won't call it a man trip. This is a Benjamin trip. It's just what Rachel forgot... And it's always like beans and toilet paper. Like it's always some like weird combination of things that you're putting up there. And for the longest time, I would set, I would set like um, some broccoli and, um, and a soda, you know, or whatever. I don't, I don't know soda. We don't buy soda. But a broccoli and a whatever. And just set it on there and go, we're having a party. And they, were, they never knew what to do with me when I said that, so I quit. I thought it was a funny joke, but it wasn't. I was wrong. Uh, they, they were right. I was wrong. But, I, you, you take, but you don't have your money. That happens to me a lot. I'll get places and not have my wallet. And then someone behind you is like, listen, it's six bucks. Here, here's six bucks. Someone saved you. It only have people don't save you from afar. A couple weeks ago, we we uh, this lady came to me and needed her light bill paid. And sometimes that happens. That happens as a as a church member, um, as a, especially as a as a preacher, pastor, minister. If you fill a role like that, that happens to you. Um, but I said okay, and you typically it's like 150, 160 bucks, and we can kind of figure that out. We have. Um, today's Mission Sunday. We use the mission budget for that sometimes. And she said it's $1,100. And so I went on Facebook, uh, called, uh, called Eddie, called Joyce, and said, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to handle it. Um, I said, run with it. And um, I, I, needed, I needed Eddie's blessing. I needed Joyce's permission. That's just a joke. But... Uh, so I, I get on Facebook and I say, um, I, I, I say, okay, here's, the, here's what's happening. Um, I have this lady, has a light bill, $1,100. Um, could we raise, as just, just human beings, could we raise money to help her out for December? Uh, and it took about 50 minutes to raise $1,100. Um, people pledging, people, there was a, one of the guys who gave, some guy gave $30 that I hadn't seen since my senior year of high school. Text me the money, which I didn't know was possible. He, he texted me and he said, because I put my number on there, which is always a mistake, but he, I put my number on there and I said, contact me here. And he just texted, he said, hey, can I, can I donate? And I said, yes. Who is this? And he told me his name and I said, what? Like, oh my goodness. Okay, yes, sure. But people came together and, I mean, can you imagine working a full-time job, bringing in maybe $300 a week, if she's lucky, having an $1,100 bill? 
You're not getting out of that hole. And a bunch of people who didn't know her came together and saved her. You can only be saved by someone with whom your story intersects. With whom your path cross. So you're, when, when you're in the line at Walmart and you don't have your money, it has to be someone who's standing there. It has to be someone who's interacting with the same things and the same predicaments. If we didn't know what a light bill was, we wouldn't be able to help. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't have helped the woman. What's a light bill? I don't need. I'm not helping. You have to have like congruent occurrences for salvation to kick in. Someone has to join your story. Now, a lot of you know that uh, your spouse can save you. Now, not in a way where I, I was married and I was lost and I was sad and I was a jerk and my, then I got married and she's awesome, so now I'm not a jerk. If you marry a jerk, they stay a jerk. Teenagers? Like, you, you're not going to make that guy, you know, once we're, once we're together, it's going to be better. Nope. Uh, but there are times, uh, right, thankfully, Rachel and I's grumpies aren't aligned very often. And so when I'm grumpy, she can rescue me from that. Now, I don't need her to, but she can bring the joy in the room up whenever I'm pulling it down. Um, there's times I can bring the peace in the room up whenever, if she were to have pulled it down. Back of my brain was going, go subjunctive. That's funny. I don't care. I enjoyed that. Yes. <laughs> we have a baby laugh track here. But <laughs> when someone comes alongside of you, they can save you in that place. You, you can't. You're never, you're never saved from people firing advice to you from across the way. Right? You're always saved by people who are walking alongside you. What's crazy is the people of Israel for the longest time lived in a way in which God would come give them messages. And they would fail the command. That's nuts, right? Because we can't even imagine God coming down and going, Benjamin, oh, goodness. I'm dead if that happens. Like, I, I'm not going to survive that encounter. But they come, God comes to the people of Israel, lights a mountain on fire, and says, you shall have no other gods before me. God's voice is deeper than that, but you get the point. You shall have no other gods before me. And then the mountain's on fire. And they go, oh my goodness. Hey, let's build a golden calf. Like they interacted with God. God from the mountaintop gave them commands and they couldn't keep them. They were hungry and bread or food, some sort of food just fell from the sky. 
They named it manna, which in Hebrew means, what is it? That's not a joke, that's true. What is this? We'll call it, what is this? And it's, so God fed them, water came from a rock. They marched around the city and it fell. And then they were still scared after that. God was consistently coming in, swooping in, and saving them or commanding them, and they were constantly failing. God, from where God was, wasn't willing to save us like that. And so we get Matthew chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 18. And Corbin, you're going to have to progress these. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, there, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Uh, back then, if you were engaged, to get out of the engagement, it, had, it took a divorce. Because the engagement was a, such, such a legal proceeding. Um, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is a Greek name. Um, Jesus, this may be news. Jesus, when he lived, was not called Jesus. People did not walk up to Jesus and say, even in the Greek, Iesus. They didn't call him Jesus. The Hebrew rendering of Jesus is Yeshua. And the English translation of the Hebrew Yeshua is Joshua. He was named after the person who saved, who went in, who took Israel for the first time. So he had a very common name, Yeshua, Joshua, Josh. Still to this day, like it survived thousands of years in the top ten of baby book names. Very common name, but you'll name him that. Because he'll save his people from their sins. Throughout the birth story, there's this withness, right? God coming alongside us. Even after this, he says um, in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel means God with us. Emmanuel does not mean God with me. Emmanuel means God with us. It's, it's about an, a group being redeemed by God because God decided to not just from afar save us, but walk alongside us and redeem us. To not yell instructions from the mountain, but to let us follow Him through the valley. See that? That withness is a character of God that the birth story elevates. 
The birth story says God is with us. Sometimes it feels like the way we talk about it, that God is against us. And we do this a lot. We do this with the people that we're supposed to be with, we're against. Make enemies out of neighbors. Make mountains out of molehills. I preached a sermon probably four or five years ago about patience. And the theme was, you need to quit, be, quit being irritated and offended by so much. The reason we, have to, we don't have enough patience is because we're offended constantly. I don't know, did you see that they didn't talk to me? They walked right by me. Thinking about lunch, it's fine. You don't have to be patient like that if you've not offended that much. But see, we can turn, we can turn the people in our community, in our congregation, in our, in, our, in our life, we can make them against. When they're, they're an easy with. Our spouse, we can make them, we can focus and nitpick on their flaws then we're no longer with. We're against. And the, the with that we find in Scripture, that the, 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 the promise is that God is now with us, we can't then lift that up and say, oh yeah, see, God wants you guys to behave. God wants you to be with Him. Now, that will result in the, a spirit-filled life in fruit in the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It will result in things that you didn't have before. But there's no amount of trying, no amount of advice following. There's no amount of, of rules that can get you to God. God knew that, so God is with us. What's beautiful about love is it's unearned. It's a, love is a starting point. And so when we give our life to Jesus, when we give our life to the one who gave his life with us, we're not just doing it because God is with me. That's why when um, someone gets baptized, I like to say, well, who's going to be here? Who's going to watch? That's why I like for it happened to sun, on Sunday morning. Where people will stand up and they'll come forward and they'll say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And say, That's, this is the perfect time. Why? Because you're being united with Jesus, but you're not just being united with Jesus by yourself. When you're, be, you're being united with Jesus with the people and the people around you watching are, are, are with you. So you're being baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but you come out and you're with God, but you're with God and with people who are with God. Community is the way to go. I've actually always said that um, one of my favorite like, dreams, one of my like, ideals, because I've done weddings, and I've done, bet, I, most recent wedding I did was... Uh, Betsy and Francisco, and um, they had a translator, and that was, um, I was bad at that. She was, the translator was really good. I wasn't good at, like, I would get eight sentences in and realize, oh, no. You try. 
What's crazy is she would like give two sentences and I think, she said it better than I did. But what happens, uh, and I did Shonda and Greg's uh, maybe a week before that, and what, what's, what's always beautiful about the wedding is not just that they're saying vows to each other, it's that they're saying vows to each other with people who are going to be around them while they're living those vows out. And so I always thought it would be fantastic to like, if you want to get married for free, just in church, come before your church and say your vows. And that's exactly what Kevin and Shan are going to do this morning. Is they're going to come up here. And we're going to marry them as a community. We're with them as they're with each other. Right? I'm gonna, it's going to sound like I'm shouting at you guys. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go back to your seats. I'll marry you from here. Um, and so one of the, what, what we're, we're just going to ask them. Hunter, Hunter, I was. Who's laughing at me? I know Hunter's oh, just okay. walking around. I told Hunter. Uh, I was tell- talking to them about this before the, uh, before, before the wedding, before the service, and uh, Hunter goes, what's going to happen? I was like, oh my goodness, they didn't tell him. He's like, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Do you, Kevin, commit yourself to Shan? Do you promise to love her unconditionally, placing her needs above your own, and loving her as an equal for as long as you both shall live? And do you, Shan, commit yourself to Kevin? Do you promise to love him unconditionally, placing his needs above your own, and loving him as an equal for as long as you both shall live? Oh, good. I'm glad y'all both said I do. <laughs> really works with the sermon. Do you have rings? Yes. Okay. All right. Turn and face each other. All right, Kevin, take Shan's hand and place the ring on her finger. There, predict. And repeat after me with this ring, I thee wed. And Shan, do the same for Kevin. Place the ring on his finger and say, With this ring, I thee wed. And with that, they are proclaiming, not just to each other, but to us as their church. They're saying, We are with each other, and we are with them as they are with each other. And that is just such a beautiful thing. And so right now, we are going to pray over their marriage, but also pray over our church as as, um, they commit to each other in front. So let's pray. Father, you are good and holy, and we are so thankful that you are with us. Be with Kevin and Shan as they are with each other, and with you, and with us. Bless them. Keep them in your, um, in your, under your watch and under your care. Keep them healthy. And help them to live a long life together in your service. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't get to have authority a whole lot on Sunday morning, but by the authority vested in me in, by the state of Arkansas and by this church, I now pronounce you husband 
and wife. You may now kiss your bride. All right, y'all have a good job, guys. Anybody else? <laughs> but what we, what we did just there, I, God wants you to have that, not just in marriage, but in church, in community, in relationship with Jesus. He wants you to have that so bad that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him, that He is the Messiah, that He is the One, that He is the Emmanuel, the One who has uh, come and the One who is with us. God wants that relationship with you. And so when we, get, when, we get, when we get baptized, when we get married, when we just meet someone who's coming in for the first time to our church, we are saying to them, we want to be with you because God is with us. We want to be with Jesus because God is with us. We want to be with each other because God is with us. The story of the birth of Jesus isn't just about mangers and shepherds and, and those, they, those have all the elements, but it's Emmanuel. It's God with us. It's God being a part of us. And, and we will save each other as we walk alongside each other, but only because God first chose to walk alongside us and save us. So today's the day you choose to walk alongside Jesus. Maybe you have never made that decision to start following Jesus, or maybe you've decided a long time ago and you've just wandered away. And you need, you need God with you right now. Whatever you need, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.